Good morning, I am Amanda Berman. I am a second year law student at the University of Nebraska College of Law. I'm a member of our Space Cyber and Telecommunications program. And as part of that program, we are creating videos for each of the articles of the Outer Space Treaty. We, with me today is Professor Mark Sundahl to describe the fifth article of the Outer Space Treaty. Professor? Thank you, Amanda. It's very nice to be part of this important project to spread the word about space law and give people a basic understanding. Uh, as uh, Amanda said, my name is Mark uh, Sundahl, and I'm a law professor at Cleveland Marshall College of Law at Cleveland State University, and I'm also the director and founder of the Global Space Law Center at the university. So it's a pleasure to be here, and my topic today is Article 5 of the Outer Space Treaty, uh, which is right up my alley because, as I mentioned to Amanda a few minutes ago, I have uh, once upon a time written an article about it. We'll get to that in a moment. Article 5 uh, deals with the, the rescue uh, of astronauts. Um, which was very high on the list of priorities for the United States and the Soviet Union when the Outer Space Treaty was written in the 60s. Uh, Article 1 deals with the free use of outer space. Article 2 prohibits the assertion of national sovereignty. Um, we have 3, Article 3, which deals with uh, the application of general international law, and 4, which deals with military matters. That sets the, the stage for the basics of space law. And what is next? Article 5, requiring states to rescue and assist astronauts who are in dis distress, who have experienced an anomaly, a flight anomaly, crash landed perhaps in a country that they didn't intend to land in. And it requires that, that states, signatories of the treaty, uh, assist these astronauts. Uh, and that was very important to uh, the community at the time, the United States and the USSR, the only two spacefaring countries at the time. Um, and the importance of that is, is highlighted by the fact that after the Outer Space Treaty, the next space treaty uh, that was uh, written was the regarding uh, rescue and return of astronauts as well as spacecraft to the launching state. Uh, that was drafted before they even got to the liability convention. So this uh, rescue of astronauts and the return of technology is very high on the list of priorities. Uh, we wanted to make sure our astronauts were, were treated well and not interrogated and were returned to their country of origin. And as is detailed in the rescue and return agreement, the, the second space treaty, uh, it was also necessary to return any um, space technology, any spacecraft that may have crash landed uh, elsewhere. So let's take a, a little look uh, at the Article 5. Uh, it talks about astronauts, and, and it regards astronauts, it defines astronauts in a peculiar and really rather poetic way. It talks about astronauts as envoys of mankind. Um, is there such a thing? Uh, an envoy is usually designated by a country to represent that country. Does mankind designate envoys? It doesn't, but the idea is that astronauts are to be treated, granted this exalted status as envoys of mankind and treated accordingly. That is saved, rescued, kept healthy, returned to their, their home state uh, along with the spacecraft that they may have crashed in. Uh, and so Envoys of Mankind is an 
interesting uh, uh, phrase, and it becomes more interesting as we try in this new age of space technology to apply these existing treaties, old, if you want to call them that, 50 years old, um, apply them to the current situation where we have private passengers that will be traveling in outer space. And the question here is whether private passengers flying in a suborbital space plane, for example, uh, whether they can be deemed astronauts. Are they also envoys of mankind? And so this is one question that uh, space lawyers are working on today as we, as the industry transforms into a government-led industry, into a private industry with private paying passengers. Uh, and so it's, it's open for debate. What exactly does astronaut mean? And do private passengers um, qualify? It's complicated further by the rescue and return agreement, which elaborates upon this duty, but uses a different word, personnel. Who are personnel? And do private passengers count as personnel, which more typically refers to employees? Um, and so the debate continues. Uh, my uh, opinion has always been that Article 5 and the Rescue and Return Agreement was motivated by humanitarian impulse. And so it should be interpreted broadly uh, with a view towards enabling mankind, humanity in general, to access the heavens. And so I think it would be contrary to that purpose if we were to interpret this article narrowly to apply solely to, to government employees. Uh, astronauts uh, and not to private astronauts. So that's one of the uh, fascinating aspects that is very much uh, alive in debate today. Perfect. Thank you so much for that, Professor. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. <laughs>